A lot of things have changed in the past three months. This episode was pre-recorded on March 18th. Fierce Women Writing is a partner of We Need Diverse Books, a nonprofit that advocates for diversity in children's and young adult publishing at every level. They have many programs that support this mission, including grants, mentorships, and retreats for writers, classroom book giveaways, an app for diverse book recommendations, and others. Learn how you can help them put more books featuring diverse characters into the hands of all children at weneeddiversebooks.org. Welcome to Fierce Women Writing, a podcast where female voices are elevated, creativity is ignited, and writers are inspired. I believe that stories can enlighten, heal, and entertain the reader and the writer. First, the writer has to quiet their doubts long enough to get the words on the page. I'm here to help you put your doubts away and focus on your creativity. Every day I talk to writers and would-be writers who aren't writing. They're not writing because they don't think they're good enough, because they've been rejected, don't have time, or don't know where to start. That's why I created this show, so that you can hear from other writers who want to inspire you to share the stories that only you can tell. I'm Sarah Gallagher. Come write with me. Hey there, Fierce Writers. Today's guest is Liera Tamani from Houston, Texas. She holds an MFA in writing from Vermont College. She's the author of the acclaimed Calling My Name, which was a 2018 Pan America Literary Award finalist and a 2018 SCBWI Golden Kite finalist. She's also the author of All the Things We Never Knew. Welcome to the show, Liera. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Liera, What are the ideal conditions for you to write? Honestly, just to have some alone time. (laughs) It's so valuable to me. Um, And so most days during the day, it's like I wake up, uh, drop my daughter off at school and just write while she's at school. Um, And then I have to go back and pick her up at three. So it's kind of like a really short uh, writing day for me. And a lot of times I like to go to the gym and just do, you know, just take care of myself in the ways that I need to. On weekends, I'll wake up, um, you know, sometimes I'll wake up at five or I'll wake up just early, you know, so that I can get some time in alone. And, you know, now too, after being a mom, I'm writing in the car while she's in gymnastics lessons or, you know, <laughs> I'm writing, you know, I'm writing basically any anytime I can get alone <laughs> and, you know, I'm not exhausted. Have you experienced how that's changed since we're dealing with COVID-19? Oh, yeah. Um, I haven't gotten any writing done, really. Um, well, this week is the first week we're homeschooling and and I'm trying to just kind of be gentle with myself and not put too much pressure on myself. Um, I'm getting into the hang of homeschooling and now have so much respect for teachers. I've always had so much respect for teachers, but my goodness, uh, it is not easy. <laughs> and so, people, you know, people say teachers are superheroes and they definitely deserve their capes and their awards. And they, yeah, have special powers. So now it's like, you know, we're just trying to get into kind of a groove. And then I have other things to do related to writing that are not writing that I'm trying to get done while I'm in this groove. And I'm still writing. And when I say not writing, I mean, not sitting at my computer, like, you know, 
cranking out words, but I'm still writing little bits here and there, you know, anytime I'm, you know, even reading a book, I'm always, something will flash in my head and then I start writing and I'll write at the back of the book or I'll take out my phone and write in my notes or I'm still doing that type of writing, which is kind of like always writing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's like, you know, just when things pop in my head, I'm, I'm always writing, but it, it, it's, it's not taking any form or structure, but ideas are coming. And that's always beautiful because it's like the magic is in the ideas and, you know, just feeling inspired and I am feeling inspired. So there is that during these times. Grateful for that. That's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why do you write? Ooh, why do I write? Honestly, I don't think I could not write. Like, I feel like if, you know, I do have a lot of other interests. I, you know, I love design. You know, I've been a yoga teacher, a dance teacher. I've been a lot of different things, but when I'm not writing, I don't feel good. Uh, I think writing for me is a way to process the world. It's a way to process my feelings. It's always been a way to take everything that I'm taking in through the world and putting it in some form or some shape that you know, is universal and can relate to everybody. Um, but taking those universal emotions that we all feel and, and putting it into story, basically. And so if I wasn't doing that, I don't know, I would, it's my form of therapy, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are your best writing tips? Oh, I would say, just to write, you know, everybody has their own way of doing it, you know, but in terms of getting published, I would say the best writing tip is just to write and keep submitting. You know, it takes, you know, everybody obviously has their different journeys, but it took me a long time to get published. And, you know, there were, I heard a lot of no's, lots and lots and lots of no's. And in terms of tips, just with everyday writing, everybody's process is so different. You know, a lot of people like just crank out pages. I'm one of those people I haven't learned yet to, and I don't even know how to learn. I think it's just my way, you know, so I go, I'm slow. I revise as I write every day. If I'm in the middle of a book, I open the book, I read what I've written from the very beginning of the chapter or whatever I wrote the day previously. And then I revise a little of that, you know, and then I add, you know, and even before I finish a paragraph, I I really love for the paragraph to sound good. Um, and so I revise as I write. So at the end, the words on the page don't need that much revising. For me, it's like at the end when I'm finished with the book, it's more thinking about larger things and making sure everything is connecting and making sure everything makes sense, the characters and what they want. But writing the words, I like my words to sound really good as I am writing them. And so I might not be the best person because, you know, most people are like, just get the words on the page and then go back and revise. But it's like, I can't. Like, it's like, I've tried to do that. And I, I literally, I, I can't, I can't stand it. And honestly, for me, when I'm writing and working through words and the sounds, 
it's like I'm also working through story and emotions and I'm also figuring things out as I do that. And, and it informs what I write next. And so that information that I get from that, it yields, it has great yields for me. That's just my process. <laughs> it's good. I think I think we need to hear all different kinds of processes. Absolutely. Absolutely. However you end up getting it done at the end of the day, that's all that matters. <laughs> getting to the end, you know, yeah. um, however you get there, do what works for you. That's what my tip would be. Do what works for you. What are your suggestions for someone trying to overcome a block? Yeah, I feel like I have all types of different reasons for blocks. I think there there are at least for me personally, sometimes a block could come from I'm not getting at the heart of the issue. It's like I'm writing, but the heart is missing. And so sometimes I have to take a step back and think about what I'm actually writing about. What is the, what's the heart right here? And then I need to connect back to that. And that kind of works it out. Sometimes you might be just in need of just getting up and moving and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and to the change of scenery. You know, sometimes it's like you really have to force yourself to sit there and try and try and try. And then you go for a walk and mid walk, you're like, aha, that's how I figure that out. You know, and you just need to, needed to get up and move. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's like, if something isn't working, a lot of times it's like I'm not being true to something or maybe I'm not being true to myself or, you know, natural in my voice. And so I have to just relax back down into myself and ra- relax back down and trust myself and my intuition. And then it can flow better from there, too. So I guess make those checks. You can have those internal checks with yourself like, hey, what's the heart of this be? Do I just need a break? Get up and do something else? Get up and move? Or C, do I need to check in with myself and make sure that whatever part of me that this story is coming from is actually getting on the page and it's not from some other expectation or something outside of yourself? What about editing and revising tips? Like I said, it's like I edit kind of as I go. What I will say is that sometimes I can be an overdoer. In life in general, I feel like I'm an overdoer. And I really have to watch that because there gets to a point where you change something and then change it back and then change it. It's like, no, no. <laughs> then, you know, cut it. The end. You know, <laughs> like it's done. It's a wrap. And so I would say in terms of editing and revising, you know, obviously get it to a place where it's it's at your best and, and you feel good about it, but don't overwork it and overdo it because then it's not doing you any good. Can you estimate your submission to publication ratio? Oh my gosh. I mean, I guess it depends on what we're considering, but if we're considering short stories, then that is my publishing journey. It's like for my first book, Calling My Name, it's written in like vignettes and short stories. And so uh, what I did is I got those published in literary magazines before I started uh, querying agents. Hmm. And so I probably submitted definitely over a hundred places. Wow. You know, before I got a story accepted, definitely. I have like a shoe box, a big shoe box, like a boot box of like all of my rejection letters. Wow. It's like I take them to school visits so that I can show the kids, you see all these? It's like rejection. No, 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 no. You know, it is the writing industry is not for 
anyone who can't take no. Mm-hmm. You will hear a lot of no's, you know, and you have to work through those and pass those. Yeah. So if you're counting that, it's real low. Like, you know, my acceptance rate, it's like, I don't know, 1% or not even. It's like 0.5, maybe 0.3%. I don't know. But then after, I will say, after you get your first short story published, then all of a sudden people are like, oh, you published here? Okay, let's let's take a closer look. I feel like all it takes is just getting that one. And then they, then I started to get more acceptances. And then when I got my um, book deal, I got a two book deal. So I don't know if that counts. It's kind of like all in one, that's <laughs> an all in one situation. And so we'll see from here, but I'm hoping that, you know, you have a history and now you have a body of work and hopefully it's easier, but you know, I feel like writing and the challenges with writing and the publishing industry, it's like, I take nothing for granted just kind of keep on putting forth my best efforts and my best work and hopefully it'll work out. Who are some other women writers we should be reading right now? Especially we were talking about these times and the time of coronavirus. I've been like looking for tenderness. Um, and I read Zinzi Clemens, uh, What We Lose. Um, when it first came out, which I want to say like a couple of years ago, but I've revisited it and just how she deals with grief and death. It's like I really needed that. It kind of takes the fear approaching it and reading it in such a tender way kind of takes kind of the fear and, and the anxiety out of it, those issues yeah. that we might be facing. Um, and then also with my daughter, I've been reading An Ordinary Day written by Alana K. Arnold. Um, and it is also a really tender children's book about loss. It's actually two stories side by side in the book. It's like one or an ordinary day, which some kids are playing outside and it's an ordinary day for them. But in one home, there's a family losing a dog. And in another home, it's a family having a baby. And so there's lost, but there are also kind of new blessings and gifts in, in the world. And how all of that is often side by side. And and that's something that I wanted my daughter to experience and know. It's like, because kids, it's like, you know, she's eight years old, but kids are definitely old enough to kind of understand. I know she's had anxiety around the coronavirus too, and about her grandparents, because she knows, you know, just from news and hearing adults talk that older people are more like likely to really get sick from it. And so it definitely calmed her too. But Alana K. Arnold is a a fierce force, especially for women and women's issues in the YA world. She has another YA book that's also new, Red Hood. And one of my very, very favorites of hers is What Girls Are Made Of. Um, And it was a National Book Award finalist, I think in 2017. And actually it won that Golden Kite Award uh, that I was the finalist for, but she won that for that year for the same book, What Girls Are Made Of. It's a beautiful book. You know, I love Renee Watson, also in the YA field, Brandy Colbert. Those are some names y'all look out for in YA. And where can listeners find you online? Instagram and Twitter. Um, More on Instagram. But I, you know, I have a funny relationship with social media. (laughs) I don't love it. It's like I do it, especially it's like I have a book coming out in June, especially now it's like you need to be doing, you know, what you got to do to promote your book. 
but I don't love the experience that I have with it. And I don't necessarily like how it takes away from my time and me being present. It's like, you know, especially having a daughter, it's like I have a limited amount of time <laughs> to get work done. Um, and even when I'm around her, she wants me to be fully present always. The kids want you to be present with them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, social media takes away from that. And I feel like it's almost like a profession being on social media. And so it's like, what do I give my time to being good at writing captions and taking pictures or reading books that I love and writing books that I'm proud of. Yeah. And I don't like how it takes away from the latter. You know, I want to spend more time on the latter. And so I have to figure that out. You know, I'm hoping that it's not a case where you have to be on social media to be a successful author. And I know some people are, so that's not the case, but maybe it's harder to market or harder to sell. I don't know, but I'm going to have to figure that out because it's like, I feel like I'm going, so you can find me on Instagram in the short, <laughs> in the short, you can find me on Instagram. I'm there. I'm there. It's like, I, I do pop on Instagram, but you know, really, if you wanted to reach me, my website has a form and I reply to anybody, like anybody that writes me. Um, I really, I really, I really try to write back and be mindful about and I'm really grateful, you know, when people write, it you know always makes me feel good. And so I always try to write back. So you can reach me on online just at liaratamani.com. Liara, would you read some of your work for us now? Yeah. So I'm gonna read from All the Things We Never Knew, which is out June 9th. And I'm gonna read from a little it's like a little bit later in the book. And it's a dual POV love story between two basketball players from Houston. Carly and Rex. And so I'm going to start with Carly and then read uh, Rex. The chapters are really short. So Carly. Rex is leading me across his backyard by the hand. When the lawn ends and the forest begins, he doesn't pause. But it's dark and who knows what's in there? I stop. Um, Where are we going? I ask and fold my arms across my chest like it's cold, even though it's pretty warm. Come on, you'll see. Trust me, I don't move. I feel like I'm the star of a scary movie and the audience is screaming, girl, don't do it. I come back here all the time. You'll love it, he promises. The audience is still screaming, don't listen to him, girl. Not unless you want to die. And to their point, what good can come out of walking into a dark forest at night? Rex reaches into his backpack, takes out a big flashlight and shines it into the wood. See, just trees, he lights the ground, and dead leaves and shrubs and fungus, no boogeyman. What about snakes and raccoons and whatever else is in there? We'll be fine, Rex says, and shines the light at our feet. In protest, I take a deep breath and let it out slow and loud. But when he grabs my hand, I start walking again. After a few minutes, we reach a clearing with a wooden picnic table. You brought this out here? I ask. Yeah, it used to be in my backyard at my old house, he says, and takes out a long red lighter like daddy uses to light the barbecue pit. He hands me the flashlight and lights two tin citronella candles sitting on the benches, one on each side of the table. Then he takes a blanket out of his backpack and arranges it on top of the picnic table. This is actually pretty cool, I say, admiring the setup. You better listen to your boy. Rex says, smiling, and climbs on the table. 
I climb up too. And now we're lying on top of the table with our pinky fingers linked, looking up at the crowns of tall pines, reaching for a patch of star-sprinkled sky. Rex. This has always been my secret spot. Even at my old house, when there was just a tiny backyard with two cedar elm trees, this table, the trees, the stars, this stillness, they've always been there for me. And now Carly is here. And it's like I've introduced her to my best friends and they're vibing. And it's making me feel closer to her than I've ever felt. Like even if we were butt naked having sex, I doubt I'd feel closer. Crazy that there are more trees on earth than stars in the Milky Way, isn't it? Carly says, her voice soft beside me. I was already looking up at the stars, but I looked closer at all the bright spots peeking out from the darkness, at the giant pines stretching toward them. Are there really? I ask, wondering why I've never come across that fact. Yeah, there's something like three trillion trees on the planet, but scientists estimate there are somewhere between 100 and 400 billion stars in the galaxy. Word? I never would have guessed that, especially since 15 billion trees are chopped down every year. Do you know that almost 50% of the trees on the planet have either been cut down or died some kind of way since humans have been around? I ask, offering up my own facts. Really? I knew all those Amazon boxes had to come from somewhere, but 15 billion? Dang, at this rate, our stars are going to start catching up to our trees. I know, right? I say, feeling my insides grin, because I'm sitting in my favorite place talking to my favorite person about one of my favorite things. I didn't even think Carly was into trees like that. She acted like she barely cared about the magnolia tree dying outside her dad's house. Who knew you were into trees? I'm not, she says, bursting my little bubble. So you're into stars then? Well, kinda, but I'm more into random facts. I like collecting ones I find interesting and putting them up on my walls. Yeah, I saw all the stuff in your room. It's dope. You must not let Cole take pictures in there because I've never seen your walls on his feed. Cole and his Instagram, she says, like she's rolling her eyes. Yeah, no pictures on my wall of my walls allowed. Why not? I don't know. I guess I'm afraid of them losing their magic. Magic? Yeah, I've always found magic in small random things and thinking about them and piecing them together and seeing what they may have to say about big, important things. What do they say? A lot, but nothing really. I don't know. I mean, my walls still have a lot to tell me and I can't have them out here speaking to everyone else before they even let me know what's up, she says and laughs a little. I love talking to Carly like this. It's like I'm inside her mind, hearing how it works. So what are you waiting on them to tell you, I ask? Everything, she says. Everything like what, I ask, remembering her necklace. It looked magical. I sit up on my elbow and reach for it, rub my thumb along the curved left edge where the raised crescent moon sits cradling a sun in the form of a cutout circle. From the circle, I slide my thumb along the engraved rays that reach toward tiny ray stars on the other side. It's like she has the whole universe dangling from her neck. Thank you for sharing your writing and wisdom with us today, Liera. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure speaking to you as well. 
Now it's time for our writing prompt. I suggest setting a timer for six or eight minutes, putting Lyra's writing prompt at the top of your page, and free writing whatever comes to mind. Remember, the important part is keeping your pen moving. You can always edit later. Right now, we just want to write something new and see what happens. So this writing prompt is from Ross Gay's The Book of Delights, and it's an essay, a book of essays that he wrote basically for a year, essays about delight. So the little delights of his day, he would sit down every day for a year. He started on his birthday and wrote an essay every day. So for your purposes, for your writing prompt, I would say to write an essay about delight, delights of your day. You can focus on many, you can focus on one. And the rules are you have to draft it really quickly and you have to write it by hand. I feel like it's a good opportunity to focus on details, the the small details of the present moment. It's like you really have to pay close attention and you can find a light in the smallest things. Like when you're washing your hands and cold water is running over your skin or just being outside and listening to birds chirp. Hopefully it'll make your day a little bit more delightful. It was great to talk to Liara Tamani and hear her read from her book that came out this week, All the Things We Never Knew. One of my favorite things she mentioned was that when you're feeling blocked, you can ask yourself these questions. A. What's the heart of the issue that you're writing about? And then connect back to that. B. Do I just need a break and to move my body and to get a change of scenery? And C. Do I need to check in with myself and make sure that whatever part of me this story is coming from is actually getting on the page. I feel like she's really identified the reasons why she can feel stuck when she's writing. And if she checks in with herself about it, that she's able to locate that challenge and move through it. Liara also mentions that her process is to edit as she writes, in moderation. I feel like this is such a good reminder that we all have our own practice that works for us. So if you found something that works for you, embrace it. Thank you so much for reaching out and letting me know how the show has been improving your life. Hearing from listeners makes my day. If the show's been helpful in your writing practice, please consider becoming a monthly supporter on my website. With a recurring monthly contribution of as little as $2, you can help me ensure that these interviews continue to happen. I'm Sarah Gallagher, and this is Fierce Women Writing. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode. Until then, keep writing. Become a supporting member of the podcast with a monthly contribution at FierceWomenWriting.com. Get more writing prompts and engage with other writers on our Instagram page at FierceWomenWriting. Remember, women is spelled with an X. You can also help us reach more writers by sharing this episode with a friend and subscribing, downloading, and reviewing the podcast. Thank you for listening.